You are listening to a Sunday morning message from River Corner Church. River Corner Church is a growing church community of everyday people who gather to worship God, follow Jesus, and journey through life together. You are invited to gather with us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. If you have any questions about something you heard in this message, or if you want to learn more about our growing church community, visit us online at rivercornerchurch.com. Due to an error in our sound system this week, the first 10 minutes of Kevin's message was unable to be recorded. We apologize for this, but here is the rest of his message. If we're made to have these, these organic things that give us life, if we're made to, to eat vegetables, for instance, like we need those things to be healthy. God made us in a certain capacity to do things that make us healthy, and it's following his ways. And when we, when we think of the law, we, we, think of, we tend to almost think of the stern God who gives us these instructions. We don't follow them to the T. He's really angry at us and have to get us. And instead, we've got to think of the scriptures as something that we, we consume and eat like food. But also, it's, it's, it's following the user guidelines. Just like if I put the wrong fuel in my car, it's not going to work right. When I'm, when I'm following God in his ways, he made me to live this way. And it's honoring that, and it's delighting in that, and learning to delight in that. And that's something that doesn't come easy, but it tastes good. And, the, and God's scriptures are a way of mentoring us and teaching us who he is. So, like, I have, I'm not a professional baseball player. And so if, I'm, sorry, I'm a Cubs fan. I'm, I'm from Illinois, so sorry, guys, if you're Phillies fans. But my default is to be a Cubs fan. So the Chicago Cubs called me tomorrow, and we're like, hey, we want you to play a major league baseball game as a first baseman. Um, and I had no experience doing that. I'd be, I'd be like, oh, okay, I'll try. You know, I, I guess I would because it's the Cubs, right? They're calling me. But then I show up, and there's like 95-mile-an-hour fastballs going by me. You know, there's guys running way faster than I could ever run. I can't, I, can't, I can't hit the ball like they can. I'd be awful at that because I'm not trained to do that. So the scriptures are training us. They're not expecting us to just get all this at once. It's like this, it's this thing we grow in and, and they mentor us and teach us and they coach us essentially. That's what the scriptures do. That's what the psalm is doing. It's not like dropping us into a major league game and, and expecting us to like make this thing work. It's, it's slowly over time absorbing God's words and God's ways and growing. Because I would not, that'd be a nightmare. It'd be kind of fun to be in a major league game, but also be a nightmare because I would do awful. I mean, I'd, be, the crowd would boo me. You know, they'd be calling for, my Cubs fans are pretty passionate, so they'd be calling for me to get jumped after the game or something to stop me from doing this. I'm destroying the Cubs' chances of winning, right? And that's the, it's the same thing. We have the same expectations on us to kind of get this stuff without the spirit. Like, we need the spirit to get the word. So when it says meditating on the scriptures day and night, it's a biblical concept. It's getting the scriptures in us. It isn't like, when we think of meditation, we think of emptying ourselves and becoming nothing or something. That's sort of like Eastern meditation and whatever. The Bible's different. It's like scriptural meditation is getting the scriptures in us, chewing on it, ruminating over it, pondering it, interacting with it, and letting God speak to us in that interaction. So it's a conversational thing. So it's like if, if I'm meditating on this, it's like, blessed is the man. Like, Lord, what's that mean? And it's thinking about it, pondering it, even writing it out, and getting it in us, eating it like food. That's how 
the Bible talks about the Bible. It's not just an artifact that we have to decode and figure out. It's not just being dropped into a Major League Baseball game and expected to be good at it. It's like, okay, how does this thing work in my life? And I can't make it work myself without the Spirit. And so when they're saying, blessed is the man who doesn't walk in this way, what he's doing to not walk in in the wrong way is to meditate on the Scriptures, get the good stuff in you, get the nutrition, grow and, and nurture that. So meditating on it day and night is that concept. It's, it's creating space for God to speak through, uh, through the text to us, and it's ruminating on it, chewing on it, going over it. The Hebrew word, hagah, means to chew like cud. So like cows chew a lot. They'll, they'll chew grass. I forget how many stomachs they have. Maybe someone in here knows. But they chew the cud a lot. They keep chewing it and chewing it and chewing it until they get the nutrition. It's the same kind of concept. And he's not insulting us by calling us cows. You know, it's just like, it's the same concept of getting the scriptures in us, digesting it, ruminating it, pondering over it, and making it a lifestyle of, of, of discovery. When we approach it like an artifact, which we kind of do, that's sort of what the Pharisees did. It's like, it's this thing we've got to kind of figure out. That's how this, I'm, I'm acting like them. So they're, they're kind of looking at the scriptures. Well, how can we make this sort of, thing fit with what we wanted to, to make it. Uh, there, at the time of, of Jesus, the Pharisees rose up in part because there was an exile about 400 years ago, even more. Like the, the Jews were expelled from the land of Israel, the temple, the first temple was destroyed. And so people at the time were like, well, we really messed up. We got to do better. So how can we do better? Well, we'll, just, we'll try to figure out the scriptures and do them to the T and make all these other laws around the scriptures, make the scriptures work for us. So it's, it's like they created this whole other body of literature and rules for the, the central rules. So they kept expanding and expanding. But there wasn't that spirit of life in that. So when Jesus shows up and he's like, my words are spirit, my words are life, like in John six sixty three, they didn't understand what he was saying because it's not just the words on the page. That's what the Spirit's speaking through the words on the page to us. Does that make sense? It can't be just an autograph. It's not just a fossil that we look at the Bible. It's not just something we look at in a museum. And are like, well, that's cute. That's nice. It's not meant for that. It's meant to interact with and have God speak to us through it, using our faculties, using our mind, using our hearts. It's chewing it, getting it in us, and letting it grow in us like this. And so for people who don't do that and treat it just as an artifact, just as something to study, you can't hear God that way. And so that's why we have lots of different ideas, lots of different concepts. And where is the life at? Where is the spirit moving? What's the spirit saying? When are we seeing people looking like Jesus? That's the question. Like, are we looking like him? Are we growing and and maturing and looking like Christ? Or are we just looking at some book that feels like it's 5,000 years ago removed from us? You know, like, how do we approach the scriptures? Psalm 1's imploring us to see this as a living thing that gives life. Come into it. Learn it. Eat it. Let it become a part of you. Let it get into your DNA and influence you. It's a spiritual thing. It's filling us up with good food. And, uh, okay. So they're not, it's not just a mere artifact. So verse 3. Verse 3, he is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. 
and all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but like the chaff, the wind drives away. So this imagery in verse 3 of a tree, it, it's, it, I like how it, the Bible uses this, the psalm uses this illustration because we're dealing with a people that live in a, in a desert place. Like Israel is an arid environment. And if you go to Google Maps, do yourself a favor. So if, go to Google Maps and look at Egypt. The only place you see green in Egypt is on the Nile. It's literally like this sliver of green and nothing around it. It's, it's nothing but desert. So when it, they're talking about a stream planted by the, 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 a tree planted by the streams of living water, it's got that imagery. It's the only place you're going to see life flourish is by the stream. It's by the river. It's by the source of life. Everything around is just desert. It's like if here was just nothing but desert, you have to go to the Susquehanna or go to the Conestoga to get any like, trees or fruit or something, you know? Everything else would just be a barren wilderness. That's, how, that's the environment these guys literally lived in. So when they use this metaphor, they're trying to, to make us understand that God's the source of life. He's not just this, this judge up there with a gavel to hit us. He's a life-giving father who is the source of life. And the only way to grow and have life in us is to be connected to him. And the scriptures are the primary way to do that. Um, and, and when we, we flourish this way and blessedness is produced, and ultimately what God produces in us is the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. So we're these trees planted by streams of water, but that fruit that grows in us is, is life for other people. It's righteousness, peace, and joy. It's, it's kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. It's all those things that look like Jesus. It's Jesus' characteristics. And they come from just being connected to that source of life. So it isn't trying to drum up fruit. It's the parallel to this is John 15. It's like, if I'm, I am the vine, Jesus is saying, you're the branches. Um, last time I spoke, I taught about that. So it isn't trying to work up something. It's just agreeing with him. And it's being connected to him, primarily through prayer, meditating on the scriptures, all those things. And it's agreeing with his ways. So when the, when the option comes to do something really selfish, the spirit can check us and be like, well, wait a second, that's not the way of life. This is a way that's going to lead to death. It's going to hurt someone, it's going to hurt you, it's going to hurt creation. It's not going to bring life. And he helps us do that. You know, so instead of filling our car with things that won't make it run, we're filling our cars with the good things. And we're being to produce fruit so that we have something to give away. Because it's hard. Life is it's really easy to, to cut corners and to do what's easy and cheap and uh, comes at no cost. But he's inviting us to live this, this way that cultivates something that takes time, it takes patience, and it takes partnership with him. He doesn't expect us to grow a bunch of fruit without being connected to the source. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like God's, we're not like these trees out there in the wilderness, you know, trying to survive under the heat of the sun and being, I mean, I'm from the Midwest, so, you know, corn needs a lot of sun. You just can't throw corn under a tree and expect it to be fruitful. You know, it doesn't work that way. And same thing with the Lord. The Lord doesn't just expect us to just sort of, okay, figure it out, guys. That's, that's what the Pharisees did. That's not what he does. It's not like, hey, figure it out. Figure this artifact out. It's like, be connected to the source. Be connected to this, the source of life. And we flourish and grow in that space. And there's a blessedness to that. It's, it's living a blessed and prosperous life in light of someone, but it's a life that's infused with God. Therefore, we can be poor and still prosper. The point is that we are being fruitful. And the American dream is sometimes opposite of the kingdom of God. And that's a hard thing for us as Americans to take because we filter 
the gospel, we filter the Bible through the American dream, which is always about our comfort, our satisfaction, what we want first, and everybody else get out of the way. That's the American dream. And what the, what the kingdom of God is about, it's always about thinking of the other. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy. It's, it's opposite values, completely opposite. But the way to cultivate those things is being a tree planted by the stream. And he, he works with us and doesn't expect us just to get it overnight. You know, it takes time, and it takes patience. And he's very patient with us, and he's good. Okay. Verse 4. Uh, the wicked are not so, but like the chaff that the wind drives away. And chaff, uh, there's, that's one thing about being here that's neat. There's lots of wheat farms and wheat fields. Where we're from, it's just soybeans and corn. We never get to see wheat. So it's kind of a thrill, you know, because the Bible talks about wheat a lot. But chaff is that part of, of the wheat that's useless. You can't eat it. You know, it makes you sick if you try it. I, I would never try to eat chaff. But it's that stuff around the wheat kernel that has to get taken away for you to, to make any kind of bread or pound the seed to make anything. And in the ancient world, what they do is when they harvested wheat, they'd have a, a pile of the wheat with the chaff and the kernel still mixed in. They have these forks, and they would lift up the chaff and throw it into the air, like the, whole, the wheat, the whole thing, and the chaff would blow away with the wind, and the wheat would fall down to the earth, and that's the stuff you could actually eat. And that's what they would do. So this imagery is like the wicked are, aren't these things that give nutrition, that give life, but they're just, it's these things that, sh that aren't, they don't create life. They, you can't eat it. You can't consume it. It doesn't do anything good for you, and it sort of blows away. And that's not because God's angry at people, wants to destroy people. It's that if we don't engage with, engage with the source of life, we wither up. We, we, be, we become these things that, uh, that aren't as God made us to function as. It's like throwing the corn under a tree and expecting it to grow. We aren't growing like we should. We become atrophied. We wither. We become we don't become life-giving ourselves if we're not connected to the source. And so when he's talking about this, it isn't that God delights in destroying people. We have that concept in our head that God's sort of out to get us. That's sort of our default mode. And that's not what's happening here. It's like, if we're not connected to the vine, we tend to atrophy and, and become something that's not life-giving, like I was saying. And it's sort of, it's the effect of life itself that sort of blows away any kind of, if, if, we, if we cultivate goodness in our own strength, it's easy for it to deplenish quickly. You know, you can only be nice for so long, you know, and then eventually something happens or, or life just happens. Life's hard. You know, shipwrecks happen, so metaphorically, so to speak, sometimes literally. You know, things happen to us, and it's not out of our own strength that we can endure some of it. Like, we need him. We need his strength to do it. And so when all this chaff's blown away, it's like, these parts that have just, you know, we can even talk about it with our own life. Like the Lord sometimes has to shift, like sift us. He has to do things in us to kind of get the dead stuff out. Because there's a lot of dead stuff in me. And I'm like, man, I don't want to be this way. Lord, help me. You know, he, so he has to throw me up sometimes until like the, the useless stuff sort of blows away and the good stuff falls down. It's like, okay, he's, he's cultivating good stuff in me. But it takes time. It take, it's a process. And it's okay. Um, does that make sense? Everybody tracking with me? Okay. Um, so yeah, we need the spirit to stay connected. Last two verses. Verses four and five. Um, 
Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So these ways and these, these two paths are leading somewhere. There's a way of life, there's the way of death. God wants us to choose life because he's a life-giving God. He's a good father that gives good things. There's a part of us that really wants the, the Cheetos. And so we like, hey, let's go this way. Let's, let's get what's easy, let's get what's cheap. Let's do this, and it's not going to end well because we just, become, we just keep devolving and, and becoming less and less like him until we just reject him altogether and say, hey, I don't want this. I don't want you. I don't want your ways. I don't want any of this. So if we let our hearts go that direction, spiritual death can occur because we're no longer being connected to the source of life. God doesn't want us. He doesn't want to kick us out. He loves us passionately and desperately, but we tend to want to go the other way. We're like, well, I want what's easy, I want what's cheap, I want my way. And so we begin to get hardened. And this is what this is describing. It's describing the heart becoming more hard. People that just like, well, I'm going to give myself the evil. I'm just going to go this way. And then they become, they don't become the image of God anymore. It's becoming something else. Like we need God to help us to define what it means to be human. If we don't, we begin, to, we begin to look like something that's not. That's not what we're supposed to be. It doesn't look like Jesus anymore. And we have death and bloodshed and chaos and selfishness and all these things in this world that, that hurt us because we're choosing this other way. It's not the life-giving way that's in him. And we're destroying ourselves. We're destroying the earth. We're doing all these things because it's like, well, this way is easy. This way is cheap. This way benefits me. I don't have to put a lot of work into this. I'm going this way. And that's what happens. But in the meantime, the father's saying, hey, there's life this way. There's water this way. There's what it really means to be human if you go this way. And that's the way that the Lord is, is moving us towards. The more we hang out with Jesus, the more we spend time meditating on the scriptures, spending time with them, being in community, doing spiritual disciplines. We're growing and we're eating our vitamins and growing stronger with him and heading that way. It's like we need our cliff bars to go on the trail, so to speak, you know? And that's what the scriptures are. Uh, that's what the Christian life is. It's, it's eating and consuming the good food, the good things, and going in the good path, the good direction, with God's spirit, because we can't do this without God's spirit. But he gives that to us freely. And he's our shepherd. And he, and, he, and he lovingly guides his sheep. So when we're going the wrong direction, the Lord will prod us. You know, he, he's, you know he's pretty good at that. You know, he'll, he'll stop us sometimes from going the wrong direction. Um, and it's just becoming, it, it's cultivating in us a discipline of hearing his voice. So there'll be, there needs to be a part two to this, which is discernment. Um, and Jeff ta- Jeff's really awesome, and Jeff talks about discernment a lot. But there's, there's lots of voices out there. There's lots of th- things in the atmosphere saying, you know, do this, go this direction, take this thing, don't take this other thing. There's all these voices, all these things. And there's the voice of the Lord. And we have to slow down. We, I'm glad that Laura did that song today, but be still and know that I am God, because it comes from that place. It's like when all those other voices are saying these things and pressing in on us, it's like, whoa, let's, let's step back. Let me get quiet, and let me try to hear the voice of the Lord. Let me meditate on Psalm 1. Let me get the scriptures in me. Let me engage with God and be in a place where I can hear. And that gives me life. That helps bring clarity to all the confusion out there. Because the world's like that. 
It isn't to condemn the world, by the way. It isn't to say, hey, the world's awful. It's like, hey, there's a, there's a better way. There's a way of life. Look at this. Isn't this good? That's, that's what evangelism really is. It's like Jesus is so great. He's so beautiful. He's so good. Isn't that attractive? Instead of, you guys are awful, get right, it's, hey, there's something even greater and more wonderful if you want to follow the Messiah, Jesus. And that's the gospel. That's all I got. So let's, let's pray. Um, Father, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for your, your way of life. But we ask that we would just see your paths of life, Lord, for as they are, that they're good for us. The Lord, that you're a good father who cares for us and shepherds us. We pray, Lord, this week that we would just hear your voice uh, more clearly. The Lord, we walk with you more closely. And Lord, you continue to mature us as a people and to your image. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody have a good week. God bless you.